Hey guys, thank you for tuning in for another episode. We have show favorite Blake Wexler on today to talk about the dreaded Philadelphia Eagles. If you like this episode, subscribe, listen to the whole season, leave a review, rate us, do all the internet things that help podcasts. Thank you. Enjoy the program. An award-winning family-owned business with exceptional diamonds, engagement rings, jewelry, and timepieces, Continental Diamond is the jeweler Minnesota adores. In St. Louis Park or online at ContinentalDiamond.com. Y'all know what time it is. Hey, we gotta go, man. We gotta go. Let's go. Showtime. Hello, Viking fans. Welcome to a, I don't know, I'd say despondent episode of the tailgate, the Vikings tailgate. I, I'll i be fine. It's going to be fine. We got a quick turnaround. I'm fine. Welcome to the Vikings tailgate presented by Continental Diamond. I'm your host, Cy Amundsen. We are hot off the heels of a disappointment in week one, and I'm not taking it well, but we have a quick turnaround. We're playing the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday, and that means this week we get to once again talk to the most appeared guest, most appeared on guest. I don't know how to say this sentence. We get to talk to the fellow who's been on the show the most, ladies and gentlemen, one of my best friends in the world, uh, Blake Wexler. Ah, uh, Blake Wexler. Hi, Blake. Hi, Sai. You can just say favorite. You can just say your favorite guest, no. your little bestie. You can just say that. You don't have to say most appeared on. Complicate everything. It's not my... I am so sick of playing <laughs> your football team. I am yeah. so... It's becoming... We For a while, it was like every year when the schedule came out, we would just scan it for when do we play the Seahawks in Seattle mm-hmm. and I don't know what's happening with your team but I'm tired of it I don't want to play them I don't want to talk to you about I will it's my job and I love my team mm-hmm. but I've had a, I have had enough of you well Cy I, I first of all thanks for having me I wish you could have welcomed me in a nicer way as I alluded to <laughs> earlier but yeah I don't know why we are playing each other so much also on Thursday nights for some reason. I don't know why we couldn't just schedule in a classic prime time game. Yeah, yeah. Just a classic little Sunday in there, maybe one o'clock or something. But no, we seem to be playing you constantly. Uh, I'm sure it's annoying for you guys in particular. Don't because do it. There is always don't you dare. A, oh, you, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say is because of there's always the Philadelphia fan. Uh, what should I say? Chemical spill yes. that has to do with it, radioactiveness that bleeds into the narrative. But for us, it's not the same thing because nice, which is what Minnesota fans tend to be, uh, is not interesting. You know, it's just like, oh, here's our uh, our neighbor from around the way. Hey guys, yes, Thursday it is. The metaphorical semi truck like tanker tipped over on the highway that's leaking out Philadelphia fan behavior has grown. I don't want to say tiresome, mm. uh, but tiresome. Uh, I, I will say, here's something that's fascinating to me. The Boston Red Sox forever were a hapless underdog story. A hun- something like 100 years. Not a big baseball guy, but something <laughs> like 100 <laughs> years. And then... And we were all rooting for them. Like, they're our favorite indie band. Like, we can't wait for them to make it so we can say, I listened to them back then. Mm-hmm. And then they win the World Series in that dramatic comeback against the Yankees fashion. 
and it's amazing. And then they win a bunch more. And then all their fans who were lovable losers become the least enjoyable people to ever walk the planet. And what I'm worried about with your group, Blake, is that I don't want to say that your people have a charm to them. No, you don't. Because I don't know if there's... I don't know if there's a charm in throwing mm. a battery at a person. Uh, is it? It's a character. At a, do, ca- at a felt, a red <laughs> felt wearing character who wasn't trying very hard that day. People pay hard earned money for their tickets. They get babysitters and they trot out some slob whose beard is just crooked on his face. It's, it's really batteries, snowballs, whatever it is. If you're going to give them to us, we're going to throw them, you know? We do mm-hmm. not advocate violence on this program, and although you have no charm, like it's not, but there, there's something, there's an intrigue. Your team being a frustrated, angry, disappointed, we're never going to get there, Vince Papali loving group of going to prison under the stadium maniacs had a watchability to it. But now you've won a Super Bowl and then you've gone to and almost won another Super Bowl and you have one of the best rosters in the league. And I think your fans are wearing it in a way that is uh, very reminiscent of those Red Sox fans. I, I hear, First of all, it was a jail, not a prison. It was a jail. There's a there's a distinction there. Second, I do hear that analogy where I believe what happened with the Boston fans is they went from being a character in the neighborhood, you know, just some goofy guy walking around and was like, oh, there's the guy who wears a weird thing on his head to now they are living in your home and you're supposed to get rent from them and they're not paying rent. They're squatting. They're bad roommates. Now you actually have to deal with Boston fans because they've won so many championships that they just dominate national media coverage all the time. The Cubs is also an interesting analogy where the Cubs were just like, there's Bill Murray waddling around. You know, like everyone loved the Cubs. They didn't win either, but they won one, but they're still lovable. I feel like you still love the Cubs. Yes. They won just one. You still love the Cubs. Absolutely. That's what I'm I'm pitching to you. Here's the thing. Blake, nobody likes the lovable blue collar roofer who cracks wise and has a good attitude and then all of a sudden wins the lottery and just shit talks everybody he ever comes across. Nobody wants that guy. So maybe you got your Super Bowl and it was an awesome Mm -hmm. one. It was amazing. It was a Nick Foles led Super Bowl. Why can't you return to Papali land and, you know, Quit making me dread playing your team. I think it's because there's a sort of North Korea situation going on in Philadelphia where we don't get news (laughs) from outside of the city. (laughs) You know, it's just living in an echo chamber where we just hear what each other is saying to one another in Philadelphia. So there's no perspective. So I think also with the charm, the, the few pieces of news that have trickled in through the state run philadelphia media have been oh no one likes us and we don't care has become a big philadelphia 
uh, slogan, and it was something that was felt before, but now that it's on T-shirts, I think it shows a type of self-awareness. Wait, 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 wait. wait. There is, because I'm not big on my uh, local Philadelphia culture right now. Oh, you're missing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, There is actually that slogan became popularized to the point that it's a it's a well-worn t-shirt in the city nobody likes us and we don't care it's a popular slogan on shirts it's a song it has become a song no that jason kelsey sung after we won the super bowl in the uh 2017-2018 season in front of millions of people who went to the parade and they've adopted it where rather than there's <laughs> some people can take a criticism sure and be like oh i should i should better myself and maybe improve my behavior but philadelphia received a criticism which was nobody likes you and then they said well we don't care and then quintupled down on it so i think now they're leaning into the philadelphia eagles fans the philadelphia fans are leaning into the narrative that we're pigs just to shorten it but a weird thing happened recently where trey turner philadelphia phil we've talked way more about baseball than you and i have in the history of our decade plus long friendship but Baseball player Trey Turner, massive free agent signing in the offseason, was horrific for the Phillies all year, was getting booed just like any player would be by Philadelphia fans, booed all year. And then Philadelphia fans were like, you know what? How about we treat this guy, this human being, this living thing with uh, just an ounce of respect? And instead of being horrifically mean to him and his family every time he goes up to bat, his life is terrible. He wants to play well. He's just not doing it. What if we give him a standing ovation? What if we don't boo him? What if we don't scream horrible things at him for just one at bat and give him a standing ovation? And we did. And since then, the guy's hitting like 500. He's had a kid. I don't know if the standing ovation had anything to do with um, a full-term pregnancy or not, but he did have a kid. And now... We're like, well, not only are we the lovable gruff guys, but we're also, I don't know, magical <laughs> with our generosity. You're the, you're the secret. We're the secret. You're, all of a sudden, all yes. of a sudden, you are mm-hmm. the secret. And I was going to p- yeah, promote I hate that. that. That was going to be what I was going to promote at the end. If you can read the secret, yeah. when you get a chance. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with any of that. I. Let me tell you what is the most impressive thing yeah. about our long-reaching friendship. Please is you and I are both sports psychopaths. Mm. And somehow, despite our deep love for our own teams, we have never trash-talked one another when we come up head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Never. Never once. And I don't know if I think it's because we're both just good guys who have a level of respect for each other, or if it's that we know that our relationship balances on this delicate spindle. Yes. Like this delicate emotional (laughs) spindle and even a gust of wind pushing it one direction or the other could monumentally derail everything we've built over the years. It's a really interesting thing to dive into psychologically where I do think for as much as mean as we can be in theory, we are both I do I, we wouldn't be friends if we were bad evil people and I think we are two very caring people but that can only 
be so strong in the face of sports fan psychot just psychotics and when you see something you want to attack it <laughs> you know and when you see an enemy when you see a weakness as a sports fan you want to attack it but i think part of it is we care for one another and the other part though is i think it's kind of a mutually assured destruction sort of thing where sure yeah if the moment if you launch the nukes i'm launching the nukes you're launching a nuke where if we beat you on a thursday night and i start talking trash you're not going to forget that I'm not going to forget that I talk trash to you. So every single time we play each other or a seed in the playoff is up for grabs, I'm just going to be shaking, waiting for you to hit me back. And that's not a good way to live. So I think we've it's a maturity. Yeah. And it just ends. It just ends with one of us kidnapping the other one's dog Mm -hmm. and holding it for, you know, some sort of like we just can't. There's going to be a dog. We just can't. Yeah, and we both love our dogs, love so we can't dogs. fall into that situation. <laughs> I remember the first time the first time we ever watched a game together was after uh, the 10,000 Laughs Minnesota Comedy Festival. Oh, yeah. Years, years ago. And uh, this is pre your Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you came over to my house on Sunday before you flew out to watch the game. And I remember it was a close game. It felt like a game your team kind of gave away. Yeah, that sounds right. And... I just remember the game ending and the way you and I both moved on from the result. Like it was like two children who went to manners camp and just finished a chess match. Like it was like, uh, thank you. Have a nice day. And then you went to the airport and we never talked about it ever again. <laughs> That's such a good analogy where we weren't speaking in like normal sentences where like yo um actually dude would you mind uh actually yeah it was hello thank you for having me at your home this was a pleasant experience i will talk to you when it is convenient for both of us it was very a script was given to two leaders of states whose countries were about to go to war we're seconds away from war <laughs> we avoided bloodshed that day and i think that's admirable well, some fans really like trash talk. I'll be honest. I, I, I never have liked it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the issue with it is we've never won. And so when you've never won, the losses carry a different weight. Mm. Uh, and so if you get to an NFC championship and you lose and you won a Super Bowl four years ago, like that's I would assume last year when you guys lost in the Super Bowl, that was really upsetting and it, it bummed you out. But you could go, ah, but, you know, we... We do. We have won a Super Bowl. Re- like I lived through a. I'm not saying it provides a solace. Yeah. But I'm saying, if it the if the opposite were true, where you lost the Super Bowl back with McNabb, and then you lost it a few years against the a few years ago against the Patriots, and then you lost it again, and then somebody came and trash talked you, and all you had to lean on was your years of disappointment. That makes me feel so. I just hate it. I don't enjoy it. And so I never put that on anybody else. I don't want to ruin the day. But here's the thing. If you are a dick at a stadium, especially if there's kids around, I am going to use my, let's say at best medium abilities to cut a person down, given that I've spent my whole life writing jokes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. That's the one situation where like your behavior as a human person can elicit a response out of me but but your team losing and then me just like 
pouring mean words on top of a loss. I've never enjoyed that. No, and I think you underestimate your your. I think medium is is not the is not strong enough to represent your saw, <laughs> the saw that you can use to cut a person in half. Because I've seen it, uh, not directed at me, thank God. And I've done the same. It's a. It's, I think it's a comedian thing where even the nicest comedian, it is just something in you where you have to have that. You know, hopefully you never have to mm-hmm. use it, but you do have it. I think having one one to go back to what you were saying having won a super bowl it's like having a machete in your house yes where you're like if i ever have to use this things have gone so wrong outside (laughs) that i need a machete all right but in my closet there's a machete i got it on ebay you got it on ebay and it is such a prehistoric weapon that if someone saw you coming to them with a machete they'd be like first of all i know to be scared but what is that sword what type of flat weird (laughs) sword is that is that a frat thing but uh yeah no having had a super bowl does give you an emotional safety net from the the free fall of losses like what we had in uh last year and part of this is age too but when we lost to the buccaneers in oh I mean, we lost three NFC championship games in a row in the Andy Reid era, and that builds some scar tissue on you. And then when we finally went to play the Super Bowl, uh, play the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 04, that loss was very brutal when McNabb vomited on the sidelines. So that was maybe a month and a half, two months of me just being in an emotional hole where I could barely go to school. And then now having had a (laughs) and I was. I was never tardy. I was always present in school, could barely go to school. And then in last year, I think the emotional turnaround was about a week, a week where I was not uh, fully functional. I could eat. Sure. But having had that Super Bowl, I could take in food and water. But yeah, having had that Super Bowl, it's like, oh, this there is a nice thing. Like there was something nice that we experienced, and that doesn't mean this journey wasn't worth every quarter, every minute. And yeah, no, but the Super Bowl does help. The week one was a very different experience for each of our teams. Uh, ours was utter disappointment. Yours was well, I don't. It wasn't bliss because no. it it got a little close there at the end. But I assume for you, anytime you beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots, that's a good feeling. Uh, I, I am a season opener psycho. Mm-hmm. It is when the world, when everything is still possible, I just don't know how to handle myself. I remember back years ago in Blair Walsh's rookie year, mm-hmm. I was at the opening game of the season and he kicked like a 55 yarder at the gun and it sent us to overtime, and then he kicked another one in overtime to win. And I left the stadium, left the stadium, shouting, future Hall of Famer Blair Walsh, uh, just just high-fiving people and shouting that as I left uh, a Vikings win. And so I never, <laughs> we all know how that ended. I never play it chill with season openers. So right now I'm spiraling in an 0 and 17 possibility. I I'm very thankful that we are turning it around Thursday. Mm-hmm. But I told you before the season I would have loved for us to win. I wanted you to win the opener. I didn't need the best roster in the league to be angry walking into a Thursday night game. How are you feeling after the opener? Angry. 
<laughs> and I'm somersaulting into that game, doing cartwheels. No, um, I am angry, though. So, yeah, it was you have offseason for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts gets his massive contract. Any restriction that that would put on free agency is not that extreme yet. We lost a couple players, but also got uh, Jalen Carter, who was perhaps the most talented player in the draft and looks unreal and is being added to a defensive line that's already, you know, they had 70 sacks last year, which is third most all time in the history of the NFL. But yeah. we were really excited for Devontae Smith has an under, another year under his belt. A.J. Brown has his second year with Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard, who's supposed to be one of the best tight ends, is healthy and ready to join this offense with DeAndre Swift, join the backfield, and you have this amazing offensive line. And the offense looked great on the first drive, then stalled out, and then did pretty much nothing for the rest of the game. They looked really, really rusty, which makes you think, oh, we probably should have started our starters at some point or even played them at some point in the preseason. But we didn't do that last year either. We went to the Super Bowl. However, even Coach Sirianni was saying after the game, he was asked if there was rust there. And he said that looking back on it, he probably would have played the starters a little bit in the preseason. And then he doubled down on it and said, yeah, actually, I absolutely would have. So feeling wise was big disappointment in the offense. But it was just one of those disgusting rainy days in New England, you know, that they love talking like Paul Revere, the great white shocks. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> clam chowder in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The skies were the color of the back of a great white shock. <laughs> just these, you know, whatever they're into up there. So all fish, <laughs> caught fish. So, Everything yeah. has a Jaws tint to them. It does. Every, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, so the, the whites in her eyes were like the teeth of jaws. <laughs> yeah, right. Um I don't I don't do Boston. I no, yeah, I I to. noticed a little bit of that. I noticed a little bit of that rust and I, you know, noticed it with our guys. I I mm-hmm. wouldn't purport to know what's the correct approach to the yeah. preseason, but I you know, I watched a lot of NFL yesterday and I, there were a lot of offenses that weren't raring and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that makes this game being on Thursday, it's not like, there's not really a turn, like, you can't go into the lab and cook up a bunch of new (laughs) stuff. It's get healthy, get turned around, get into the game tape, and then let's go again. And so uh, for a couple of teams whose offenses are incredibly powerful, Mm -hmm. but both underperformed in the opening week. I'm just hoping that we get the opposite of last year. Last year, we walked out of week one and I was like, no, you can't, Justin, Je- you can't stop us. Look what we did to the Packers. Come on, Philly. And then, uh-oh. So now I'm down real low. I am, you know how you can learn in your group text messages in the season opener, who does a good job with hope and who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Who, <laughs> Which of your friends are built to persevere ups and downs when it comes to the competitive journey that is following a sports team and which are not? There's There gets to be a point where the paths diverge between the adults and the children who shouldn't be allowed in the room. Right. And I, yeah, so I am, right now, I have fallen, I have fallen apart 
uh, on in several text threads. And so I'm hoping that that attitude creates, you know, obviously I'm superstitious. I control everything. You know, my yes. behavior yes. dictates the way my favorite team performs. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that the flip-flop creates the flip-flop. And this year we just thump it to you. I, I, who know who knows if that will happen or not. I, I also am in control where if I wear my hat facing forwards on offense, that means the ball goes forwards and, you know, we score. And if I wear my hat backwards on defense, that means the uh, other team's offense stops. You know what I mean? Like if the hat goes backwards, That's healthy. it stops. That's a really healthy it one. It doesn't yeah. add any stress to your life. And yeah, no, it, it's really, really good for you. Uh, but just, it's just week 17 and Jalen Hurts throws a, a pass that gets intercepted <laughs> and it costs you a playoff spot and you're furious and your wife is sitting there on the couch just waiting for you to realize that you forgot to turn your hat forward. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing a bucket hat so there's no real brim location <laughs> that would constitute forward or backward. It's just a 360, man. Yeah. I had a friend who reminds me of you where he went even more extreme. We're speaking about having the stamina of an entire. You need to have stamina for the whole season. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Obviously, the first game of the season can carry more weight in your head. Where my friend, we started blowing the lead to the Patriots in the for, at the end of the first half. He starts sending almost an itemized receipt of everything he spent money on Eagles-wise and how he's entitled to so much more because he spends so much. He goes like, Jalen Hurts, Kelly Green jersey, $129.99. Drinks at the game, $42.99. Nachos. Like, he just kept going down this list of all he spends. <laughs> it's just, buddy, come on this is the first half there's a 17 games get it together yeah you can't if you carry that energy through an entire season mm -hmm. it's going to be a really rough yeah, you're go. Gonna go broke as someone who has obsessive compulsive disorder mm -hmm. i can tell you that uh if you are also if you have ocd and you're also sports superstitious which is probably an offshoot of that problem right. but it, it's a really chill mixture it is a really, it's a really chill mixture to pile those two on top of one. So it's a lot, but I really think you're handling it the best way possible. I'm definitely not, and I don't want. This is an Eagles, yeah. this is an Eagles Viking podcast. But I, and and I need to ask you just a couple of game related questions. Sure. But I need what I'm not handling well is the Packers destruction of the Bears. Mm. I, I don't know. That I can hand. I, I know, I'm not sure he because here's the thing. Every every. Let me say you can't. You can't handle it. Whatever you're about to say, you can't. <laughs> every or you won't. Every single Packers Don Magic Macouse, however you say that, like the Magic Man, Mattingly. Right? Yeah, definitely yeah. not Mattingly. It's Makowski, right. Majakowski. Who cares? His this nickname's mm -hmm. a Magic Man, which is a dope ass quarterback nickname. But sick. he beat the Bears, Favre beat the Bears, Aaron Rodgers beat the Bears. Like, Brett Hundley beat the Bears, okay? <laughs> everybody, everybody beats the Bears. It's not a huge shock to me that Jordan Love beat the Bears. But I don't know. I, it's not just me. I don't know that the state of Wisconsin can handle if he's... Can you and I wouldn't even blame them for the yeah. personality traits that they would develop if Jordan Love is an eventual Hall of Fame love. They're just well, we were chosen. 
We were chosen as the chosen football people. The trophy is named after us. We do nothing but produce Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, I I can't. I know we have to talk about this game, but I don't love what's happening over there. Not a fan. Especially with all the hype in the offseason being around Justin Field from, uh, from the Bears, and then you have Jordan Love march in there and take every single headline from that game yet that rivalry that's a weird one where we talked about the fan bases the boston fan base the philadelphia fan base the green bay fan base is is more of like i can't i can't they're like i've said it before like a retirement community it's where it's hard to hate them it's no that's wrong it is not that hard Uh, from my they are like i don't (laughs) care from your perspective you're wrong uh, they, okay. it's like if a retirement community was made up of trust fund kids, like if a, if Ooh. a bunch of trust fund kids in their twenties were like, let's retire and start a retirement community. That's because they have been so <laughs> I like that. entitled, uh, with quarterback. So yeah, I, I can't do it. I take it back. I can't discuss Fine. it. I want to talk about, I do think despite your roster and our start to the season there are there are a couple of opportunities here for the vikings to get right specifically you have two new linebackers who've never played significant minutes for your team Mm -hmm. you have new starting safeties uh tight end is a big liability for you guys and tight end is where we have heaped a lot of resources tj hawkinson just got a big deal josh oliver got signed in the offseason clearly targets are going that direction we saw it in week one and honestly devin white destroyed us yesterday out of the so coming up against non-elite line so am i silly to think that there might be hay to make against your linebackers with our tight ends to use a to use a metaphor that only belongs in Wisconsin well uh yeah let me just put a pitchfork in that argument actually is that I do (laughs) think that there is hay to be made I think there's hello to be made and I do take that back and that will have to be edited out but I take it out I hated it we got to take it out yeah there's high to be made um I so here's the thing we have two linebackers one guy is a Zach Cunningham who was a free agent for has a good resume but was just out there on the street for a very long time until we signed him later in training camp he won one of the starting linebacker spots the other went to Nakobe Dean who was a rookie last year did not play linebacker was a highly touted leader of one of those Georgia Bulldog defenses fell to the third round because of injury concerns but Turns out the injury concerns weren't there. He actually, unrelated to previous injury issues, hurt his ankle yesterday and is going to be out for multiple weeks. And he's the signal caller on the defense. So an already Finnish linebacker group just got more thin. They'll probably replace him with, I think his name's Christian Ellis, who is a thumper of a linebacker, but not as good in coverage. So coverage is going to be an issue against tight ends. Our safeties, one guy's great undrafted guy, has been playing great, names Reed Blankenship, uh, was amazing in the preseason. This is his first full year as a starter. Other position, we had five players trying out for the other safety position, and then one guy kind of just made the just 
by default was one of the safeties. So I, the tight end thing really worries me against you guys. Our cornerbacks are great. The defensive line is great. Dude, Jordan Davis, to this day, I'm very happy with the pick we made, but Jordan Davis, I, he's the number one guy I wanted in that draft. He is a free, Mm -hmm. like he, I think we're a few years away from everybody going, is this guy, should this guy make the most money in the NFL? Like he is such a physical freak. I I just think he's a, he's a league changer. That dude is, is insane. I almost just said thank you for saying that as if I had anything to like do. Like you were his dad. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, no, I put a lot into it when we were uh when I was raising him. Um yeah, he had uh started coming along last year, got injured. This was his first start yesterday, and he looked like what you wanted to have drafted uh the previous year, had a punch out, moves in a way that a six six 330 pound man shouldn't yes and then you have Jalen Carter right next to him you have Hassan Reddick who had you know like 16 17 sacks last year Josh Sweat who has is probably going to have 15 16 sacks this year so the defensive line is incredible it's just whether or not we can get to Cousins quick enough so the back end doesn't become a liability which it could be so what you're saying is quick passes two tight ends up and down the field uh I care about you a lot I look forward to not discussing this game with you during (laughs) and likely after uh, thank you, as always, Blake, for doing the show. Before we leave, let me get a let me get a prediction. Let me get a little predicty from you. Mm. How about you get a little predicty? I tried to shorten prediction, and it yeah. it didn't land. Predict me, baby. Give it to me. To predict us, I'll go twenty six twenty four Eagles at home. Okay, uh, that's close. That's close. I I can see it being close. I'm going to go. I think the Vikings defense shows up in this one, but I, mm-hmm. I I think the Eagles 14 Vikings 138. I'm going to go with. I think that math works. That was my second guess. If I'm holding up a piece of paper right now, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, second if we match yeah, game, have to if we match game to this, yeah. that would be that would have been your second guess, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the one, the only Blake Wexler. Thank you so much for listening to the tailgate. Brought to you by our friends at Continental Diamond. If you like the episode, like, subscribe. I don't even know if you can like. What was that crack in my voice? Subscribe. Leave a comment, rate us and review us. We love that you love the show, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Join PA at the Chan Hassan Buffalo Wild Wings this Friday from 9 to noon for Friday Football Fees presented by Coors Light. Enjoy food and drink specials and a chance to win Vikings tickets and more. Visit vikings.com slash bww for full schedule and details.